Welcome in everybody to another episode of 410 Sports Talk. I am James Haskell, along with my co-host Glenn Martin, and we are here on a Tuesday night to break down all the proceedings following the the the, the week one of the Baltimore Ravens and the NFL is in the books, Glenn. It's Lots crazy. of drama. Oh, week one was absolutely insane. I mean, with the injuries both here and elsewhere, yeah. the you know, I mean, it looks like pretty much all the offenses, with with the exception of maybe just a few. Had a down day. So, yeah, a lot to talk about, yeah. uh, certainly with this one. And it helps It helps when the All-22 is out. And uh, and and we and luckily, we have a guest here that uh, knows how to interpret it. No, the it, resident Ravens you know. film film professional, film breakdown That's professional right. here. Yeah, because um, that I'm, is not us. Um, and you can't see it all from broadcast view. It's just no. bottom line. You can't see it all. You don't know what the hell is going on down the field, um, even though some people – I think uh, think you can, but uh, I'm excited to get into this one. We got to talk about what's happening since the injuries. What's yep. the update? Yep. Um, also, wanted to kick to you a, a possible trade proposal at some point in mm -hmm. this one. Uh, but a lot to talk about, and this is a big week, man. We could bury the kitty cats. We could bury them this week, Jimbo. But yeah. we're still we're, we're so we're gonna be turning the page after mm -hmm. this episode, and and we're gonna we're gonna you know start. On to Cincinnati, as Bill absolutely. Belichick but said. one of the things, oh, I just said it. Gosh dang it! Wait, absolutely no, one hundred percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got a lot of trigger words here. Uh, but this is one. This is kind of. I want to take a second and and look at. Let me back up. After the game in the past few days, I've been talking to folks that are Ravens fans, and, and I talk to a ton of people, and they seem to be down in the dumps, and Man. you know, expectations have changed, and you know, Super Bowl is already out of reach, and this, that, and the other. I just want to say a few things, a little, little bit of story time, okay? I'm going to toot mm -hmm. my own horn here. Just All remember, right. guys, it's a long race. Mm -hmm. say, I, t I told Glenn this. So you guys will crack up at this. Uh, in my, in two races ago, this guy decided that at, at mile three, he was going to pass me, and he's mouth breathing at mile three, just right? And me, two, you know, me a year ago, I'd have been like, all right, I'm taking the son of a gun down, right? But slowly and methodically, mile 18, Ran right past him, breathing straight out the nostrils, and he started walking. <laughs> Just took his soul, right? Straight Just out took the nostrils. It right from him, right? So my point is that it's is a this a tortoise range. in the hare? Are you telling us a tortoise in the hare story, Jimbo? Well, I like to think I'm the tortoise and the hare. Oh, dang. Jimbo <laughs> but, Slimbo. Uh, but ultimately, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, like, let's keep things in perspective. You said it, Glenn. Injuries to, to a multitude of teams around the AFC – uh, bad quarterback play everywhere. Like, let's look at this relatively, guys. It wasn't like yeah. the Ravens were in the dumps and everyone else played incredible. We won a football game by 16, right? So, 16. like, let's take a second, mm -hmm. sit back, and realize what's going on. I just wanted to get that off my chest. I felt like okay. I had to. Okay. All right. Well, I'm I thought you were bringing up Cinnabon. That's what I honestly thought we were about <laughs> to hear about, but I'm glad that they, they've been spared uh, from your, your target here. But – uh, all right, so let's get into I – I want to talk a little bit about the injuries, Jimbo. Uh, yeah. Obviously, J.K. Dobbins sucks for him. You know, bummer for the team. Seems like they really, uh, you know, feel for the guy. He's gone for the year. Now, they, they're heavy at running back, you know, with Melvin Gordon still in town and, and Keaton Mitchell expected to come back somewhere around week five. But there's also been rumors that the Ravens could be a team that would reach out and, and – grab a guy like Jonathan Taylor who's on the outs with his team currently and 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 is looking for a new home but that's going to come with the draft pick to trade and 
potentially, it looks like, a pretty big paycheck to keep him around. Yeah. So my two questions are, Jimbo, do you think they would they would uh, trade for him with p- potential for a long-term situation? And then second part, would they trade for him understanding it's just a rental? Uh, so I'm going to bust everyone's bubble here. It's no and no. No chance. I just don't think it happened because why would you, for a rental – Mm-hmm. Right. You're still the Colts don't care that it's a rental. You're still yeah. giving up. They still want uh, they still want the same capital. Right. Whether you're going to sign to a long term deal or rental, they don't they don't give two craps. Right. So and then the other thing is the Ravens, I truly believe they feel good at, at running back. I mean, look, Justice did well, uh, had two touchdowns and and we know ever dependable Gus Edwards. You know what he's going to give you throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And then you have guys on the back end that can can get the job done well i mean that have at least done it in the past in melvin gordon and then you have this young kid keaton mitchell so i think the ravens feel good now if you were to ask me this same thing about maybe a different position group i think it would they would be quicker to look externally uh certainly like even at safety i think there's already more credence to the idea of looking around no, uh, than there is at running back right exactly yeah. now so now would I, that I change external. does that change Knock on wood, if Gus were to maybe tweak something this this weekend. Well, then and now you're, you're down to Justice, Melvin, and then eventually Keaton Mitchell, but not not even not yet. Yeah, maybe that could change things. Okay, um, but right maybe. now you're okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm I'm fine. I'm not in panic mode from a running back perspective because we've had we've got one guy in there, two guys in there that have been productive throughout their careers, and Justice, who seems to be flourishing in this offense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, on to the rest. What about of the, you? Feel uh, the same, or you yeah, feel no, like? I agree. A, I agree. Not, I just, okay. I just get worried if Gus were to go down, or you know, Justice as well. Because here's the thing: they can't lean too. I mean, I, I don't say they can't. I don't think they want to lean too heavily on Justice in the backfield because they sure. love what he brings to special teams. And if you put him, put too much of a you know responsibility for him as a, as an offensive player, that means you're you're taking him out of his special teams duties likely. And then you're replacing him with a worse, you know, a guy who's maybe not as good at that in that area. Which you know, John, he values that special teams. But right now, I think uh, they're good where they're at. Now, uh, other quick news here: torn peck for Marcus Williams. Fun. So not, oh, man, poor guy. You talk about bad luck every time. It's a contact injury with this mm-hmm. guy, mm-hmm. and it's something goofy. He tears his pec. So the Ravens did make a corresponding move, Jimbo. They bring in an experienced veteran, mm-hmm. which is nice. He's not a guy off the street with no experience. He's, uh, it, Deron Harmon mm-hmm. uh, has been signed to the practice squad. He's played, and let's see, he's got 78 career starts under his belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last year had 86 tackles and two picks for the Raiders. So a guy who brings some some. Some experience, of course, they still have Geno Stone and, and guys like Ardarius, who's maybe more of a corner than a safety. But what's your thoughts on the on bringing that guy in and just kind of the state of the safety room? Yeah, I'm not excited about the state of the safety room, but I'm, I'm, I like the move. I think the thing I like about this guy is that I'm not saying he's Marcus Williams, but there's a similarity in, in the way that they play football. Um, so I think it will help the integration of him into the defense because he'll be asked to do a lot of the same things. I think that there's some, some like I said, some similarities there. It's not like you're bringing a guy that's stylistically totally different. So I think that helps. I'm, I'm okay with the move. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see what Kyle can do. You know, ultimately, whatever functionally he ends up being his role on the defense with Marcus down, he's going to have a bigger one yeah. now with Marcus down, right? So I'm excited about it. I think, you know, every every 
uh, situation can be an opportunity for a guy and we're expecting big things out of Kyle and he's going to have to take a bigger bite out of the, the pie here. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's going to be fun. Something to look forward to. I, now, the one thing I do, I'm not a hundred percent on what are, is he, is he out and have they get broken down the options? I know John said he has options. I'm talking about um, Marcus Williams. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know. I think that maybe they're hoping that surgery isn't needed so they could rehab it. But sure. I mean, either way, I mean, I think to count on him at all this year, yeah, I yeah. Think, you know, you'd be a little crazy. So, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm playing it like he's he's done for the year, but and hoping mm-hmm. that I'm wrong. But like he like DK put up there, Daryl Worley. Shout out to Daryl Worley because seems like a heck of a guy. Like, I I saw the they had like you know the little wired or behind the scenes that the Ravens do for training camp. Seems like a, a good guy. Seems like a leader. Now he's promoted to the 53 off yeah. the practice squad. Yeah. So good for him. And then just quickly want to finish out uh, the injury stuff, and then we're going to get to our guest here. Um, Tyler Linderbaum, week to week with an ankle, won't likely won't play this Sunday, but it seems like he avoided any massive or any major injuries. Mm-hmm. But that's a loss because it looks like Mustafer is going to be the center with McCary uh, filling in at left tackle. So Linderbaum, who might be our best, you know, offensive lineman and, and is now going to be gone for at least a couple weeks. What's your thoughts on that, Jimbo? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm bummed about it because I agree with you. I think he's probably our best offensive lineman. Um, and uh, but but this is what I'll say. I, I said this to you on the phone earlier. Uh, Linderbaum is. I think he comes back sooner than Ronnie. I think that he comes back quicker than what people are expecting him to come back because he's just a tough son of a gun. I mean, look, mm-hmm. he's the only one to shake off the Liz Frank here in Baltimore. Knock on wood. Right? right. He just he just told his body no. That's right. He just said, no, this is not happening today. And uh, it didn't happen. And and look. He Dwight uh, Schrute it. That's right. He Dwight Schrute it. That's right. He voluntarily lowered his cholesterol. <laughs> right? And uh, it just has that much body control. And uh, I think that, you know, he a lot of this, it, I think he's the type of kid that if he ain't in a boot, he's taping that sucker up. I think he's going to be out there soon. He's just so duct I, taping it. Not even using, like, right. athletic he's, tape. That's right. He's just duct could you imagine a guy come out with duct tape over his cleat? Just straight up duct tape. Oh, I can see Linderbaum doing it. But, so yeah, I'm, hopefully. I'm, I'm encouraged that there's no structural stuff going on there. And I yeah. think he's back quicker, uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, let's just hope Mustafer can hold down the fort. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, but And then also, last one, Ronnie Stanley, week to week with the knee. You know, I see, it's another thing. I see on, on Twitter a lot of people banging on Ronnie Stanley for his injuries. This guy, this isn't like any of these injuries are his fault. Every Mm. time it's somebody diving into the back of his legs. This isn't, this is bad luck. Like I I get, I get frustrated. I mean, I get it. Like he's, he's highly paid. He's an important, important guy to the team and you hate to see him go down, but let's not act like it's a softness thing with him because uh, there's 300 and some pounders being thrown in the back of his leg while he's blocking another 300 and some pounder. So it's like, ah, I just hate when people get on, but He's week to week. What's your thoughts on McCary now being now being the left tackle? You know, I've always been I feel like we've always been McCary guys because mm-hmm. we just love that he fights and he holds on for dear life. And I bet you he'd be really good at rodeo. Um just I just have, the, the, I, I just the, have the this sample, like an alligator wrestler or something like that. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like a snake, like you know, those guys that hunt giant anacondas and stuff like that. Just, For some reason, I see McCary uh, just being good at that, right? Pull, pulling catfish out by, by just yeah. arm catching them. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm okay with it. Like I ride with McCary. I feel comfortable. Yeah. I don't get super nervous when he's out there. I I ride with him. So uh I'm I'm okay with it. I mean, it is what it is status quo, right? He's he, Ronnie's missed a ton and 
We've seen McCarry mm-hmm. a lot. So I'm excited to get Cole's take on it because um, I'm hoping that it makes me feel better and not more nervous than I currently do. Then I, maybe I should be more nervous. Yeah. Well, um, at least we know it's at least to this point temporary that he's yeah. going to be there. But I think when you look around the league and all the bad offensive line play, I think you could do a whole lot worse uh, than backing up Ronnie Stanley with uh, Patrick McCarry. But all right, let's get to, as I think we've gotten through all the major injury concerns. Let's um, so let's get to our, our guest who I'm super excited to have on a guy, uh, like Jimmy said, film guru guy can break it down. Look, I'm a fan. Jimmy's a fan. You know, we're no, we're no experts on left guard play. Okay. I'll keep it 100. Right. Okay, you, just but- heard, you just heard my description of McCary. That's yeah. about as deep as it gets, ladies Come and on, gentlemen. Man. We try, but we're no, we're no experts on the, on the big sloppies or really anywhere else. We're fans, but this guy is. So welcome back to the program. Cole Jackson. Appreciate Hello. you joining us. How you doing tonight, Cole? What's going on, fellas? Uh, I made it tonight. And DK hit it at the same late. time. That's right. No, we appreciate it. <laughs> I don't know why, it. DK. I don't know why. Cole's crazy I enough know. to come back. Cole's crazy enough to come back. No, yeah. I know. I was loving it. You guys are digging into the O-line talk. I'm here for it. Absolutely. Yeah, and, 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 we're, and we're definitely happy that you're here to kind of give us give us a hand with it. But um, I, I, I want to start, if it's okay with you, Jimbo, I want to start in the running back room. I want to kind of pick your brain up. JK wasn't there virtually all of training camp. So it's not like the Ravens aren't relatively prepared for his absence, but what kind of a loss is it losing a guy like JK Dobbins and who's the bigger beneficiary in a sense of playing time with this loss between Gus and and justice Hill? I think it's, it's one of those things. And I kind of thought about it with, uh, you know, when Mark Andrews went down I tweeted out, you know, a couple days before, it looks like he's not going to play. Just some things I was hearing that it sounded like he could have played um, if it was a playoff game or a significant divisional game. But I think they opted to rest him. And everyone was like, no worries. We got Isaiah Likely. We got Charlie Kohler. Guys that I'm excited about, but they're just not Mark Andrews, right? And so you kind of see, you know, Likely had some rough plays, um, missed some blocks. You had Kohler with that bad drop. so it's just it's it's stuff where you miss that kind of top end talent, and that's kind of how I see it with J.K. Dobbins. I mean, we had that one play um, last week where Dobbins was engulfed at the sideline and somehow gets away from the tackle, and it's those types of dynamic, it's those type of dynamic plays that's the difference between a J.K. Dobbins and a, and a backup running back. And we've seen that over the past few years when we haven't had J.K. Dobbins because now we're going on year three. Draft him in 2020. He's basically played only 2020 um, when he was splitting carries with Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards. So I do like Gus Edwards, obviously, you know, we know what he can do. Um, And I think who's the biggest beneficiary. It was surprising to me to see Justice Hill take those goal line snaps, um, especially on runs, like straight up runs and power runs at at that. So it does make me wonder, you know, is, is Todd Munkin just, a big Jay Hill guy is he walking around wearing a number 43 jersey. For real. Um, so that was one thing that stood out to me that I really want to focus on in terms of utilization. Um, I would have expected that to be Gus because he's the big bruiser. Um, and he did score on the, the two-point conversion when they got uh, the penalty on the extra point, moved to the one-yard line, and, and he ran in the, the two-point to put them up 15. Um, so, I mean, we'll see, but I, I'm actually starting to lean Justice Hill. I think that that's – I know we know he's kind of the go-to pass catcher now, 
Um, we'll see what happens when Keaton Mitchell's back. He's someone I'm very excited um, about, especially for his pass catching. Um, but traditionally, I would have always went Gus as kind of number two. But the utilization and, you know, the goal line usage, it makes me think Jay Hill's going to have a bigger role than we think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to deny what, what you're saying. I mean, I think we're starting to see that trend. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes throughout the long term uh, of the season. Like I said, it's a, it's a long season, so we got to hope these guys stay healthy. And But I think that Justice has the ability to to be a productive back within the system. It's going to be a lot of fun to see. I tell you what, though, man, I'm going to be forever thinking about uh, J.K. Dobbins just absolutely hitting the boing button when he went into the end zone. I mean, that was just special, right? Like, it's mm. something simple that J.K. would just do. Like, I don't think anybody else on our team can just take off from that distance and, and catch 44 inches of air. Like, you know what I mean? It was just, it, it's just a bummer that, uh, that that ended up happening the way that it did. Cause it didn't look like that type of injury at first, but I, Glenn, I want to go back. If it's cool to you, Cole, I, I kind of want to chat about the O-line. Um, are you, so I want to, I want, I want your breakdown on, on which position you think is, is most to be worried about like the loss of Linderbaum, the loss of Ronnie and uh, you know, kind of give us your breakdown on Mustafer and then also on McCary. Cause uh, we'd like to know more than the fact that he's a crocodile hunter. <laughs> uh, McCary going into left tackle. He's it's it's this happens every year. Every year he ends up playing snaps at tackle and everybody freaks out, loses their shit. And then McCary goes out there and gets the job done. And he's just, it's it's he's he's scrappy do you know and on the mystery bus like it's just <laughs> that's who he is um he finds ways to win i will say one thing that does suck i would prefer him against speed rushers than trey hendrickson um mm. on the Bengals. i just think this Bengals d-line is a bad matchup for mccary at left tackle and mustafer at center because center is going to see dj reader and mm. you know even tyler linderbaum's a bad matchup because that's one of those you know what you call big sloppy so that's yeah, that's yeah. one of the biggest sloppy you can find <laughs> um and so but linderbaum battled his ass off last year is mustafer going to be able to do that i don't know and i think john simpson despite what his pro football focus grade was i personally thought simpson struggled way more than his grade suggested um it's why i struggle with grades because you know i'll watch the film i'll break it down i put a video out this morning on the past game struggles um three of the plays of the five bad ones of the first half i looked at were john simpson and it's like mm. oh he got an 87 though so good for him uh whatever the hell that means uh so uh, but uh um so but to be a little bit more so the the thing that mccary does a really good job of and and, and him versus hendrickson will be really interesting because hendrickson's one of your old school throw buck power rushers where he, he's gonna get him jack your pads and then be able to branch off counter moves that's just what he's become so good at um and that's how mccary wins it's he's all about you know taking angles getting good hand placement you know compensating for his short arms and just kind of riding guys and getting through that pause um getting through those reps and and really recovering and pushing guys at the back of the pocket um that's that's just how he's won when he's played tackle. I would argue his best play in the NFL has been at offensive tackle. Hasn't been when he's played guard. Hasn't been when he played center. Um, it's been when he's played tackle. So he's going to go out there to a position of strength. He's going to have a crappy matchup, but knowing him, he's going to battle through it. Sam Mustafer, on the other hand, is one that I'm just worried about. Um, he doesn't do anything exceptionally well. Um, he's mm. just kind of, but I mean, he's a backup level center. Like you're, this is what you have to deal with. There's not 32 starting caliber centers to go around the league, um, let alone a team to have a guy that can start 
reasonably well. So I, I am definitely worried about the center position. That said, um, coming from an offensive line coaching perspective, as a coach, I'd way rather have to help my center than help my tackles. And so, you know, you can do a lot more creative things at, in the middle of the line to give help. And that's, you can use the running back um, stepping up in the pocket. You can use a variety of double teams to help your center. Um, that's something that we saw Tyler Linderbaum shift to help a lot of John Simpson because the uh, Texans play an even front. So Tyler Linderbaum didn't have a nose in front of him all day like he did does against some of these AFC North teams. Um, and we saw it last year with the Giants and the Jets. And although he played the nose tackle gauntlet last year, um, so he didn't have that on Sunday and they were able to give help to John Simpson. Um, and then eventually Zeitler started to uh, started to step up and, and he kind of had a rough first quarter. So once he stepped up, I thought, you know, that really panned out. So that's what I'm expecting. So I'm looking for those two to take on a lot of DJ Reader together um, as much as possible. You'll probably see Zeitler single blocking BJ Hill, and then you're going to have Moses and McCarry on islands against uh, Hendrickson and, and uh, Sam Hubbard. Ooh. Oh boy. Yeah, that's uh that's quite scary. Now you mentioned that's what happens when you lose two starters in week one. Yeah. Like it's that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, really look around the league. There's not a lot of good offensive line, you know, groups out there, much less backups behind them. Uh, but I got I you know, you mentioned PFF and it, it's just it's tough because if, I think PFF graded uh Justin Fields as having a better game than Jordan Love when they played against each other this past weekend, and Jordan Love had three touchdowns, no picks. Uh, so I'm not really sure how it goes, but two two players that were rated, I think the very bottom on our offense was our two tight ends. And people were excited about, you know, what's behind Mark Andrews. They they realized that they belong behind Mark Andrews. Um, Clearly. You know, your favorite comparison. and But but they still thought they were pretty damn good. And Isaiah Likely especially. And then they come out, they've grayed out terribly. Isaiah Likely is a relative non-factor. Kohler has the bad drop. Some people are saying Vocal X our second best tight end now. They're ready to pull. They're ready to bail on those God, two guys. People, man, people. Already. So, what's your take on on what happened with the tight ends this past weekend? Likely looked really. Likely was inconsistent because there's plenty of plays where he you know did really well, especially blocking out in space. Um, he made uh, it was one of Zay's first downs when he caught. Uh, I'm trying to remember which one. He, he's the one where likely stood with his hands yeah, up because yeah, yeah. he didn't want to like that's just a good heads up play um and there was a couple of where he was getting out in space making good blocks but there was plenty where you know he the biggest deficiency i saw in isaiah likely's game was his blocking in line um and that's something that andrews really got better once he got into the league and i remember in an interview andrews was talking about it was working with nick boyle early in his career um to develop those inline blocking skills and likely just can't you know when he's lined up beside the tackle he just can't blow defensive ends off the line it's mm -hmm. just not his game he's a move tight end um kohler that was his biggest deficiency coming out i think he was a good comparison to andrews um coming out because he was a true kind of receiving tight end, a guy that could split out a little bit, all the things Andrews did so well in Oklahoma. And Kohler just hasn't developed that blocking skill the way Andrews did. Um, but in the second half, you saw a ton of Patrick Ricard. And I think I said it, we did the, the show right before the 53-man came out. And I thought it was nuts that people thought Ricard wasn't going to make this team. And Ricard was a huge reason that the offense got going in the second half. And it's not from his ability to touch the football, make plays, make guys miss, uh, score touchdowns. It's 
from what he does, you know, his pass protection, mm-hmm. the way he was able to use six man protections um, and help out the tackles uh, when they were struggling against Will Anderson, Jonathan Greenard, and Jerry Hughes, um, his ability in the run game to just, there's no, and I'll say this till the day I die, there's no offense in the existence of football that can't use a 305 pound battering ram. I don't care if you run the old Florida spread in the SEC they'd find a way to use him. He's that good. Um, so, you know, if people have issues with his contract situation, completely understand that's a different conversation. I'm talking about the guy that I'm using on the field. Um, and so we saw him put in, what I liked about Todd Munkin is they used him in the best way possible. They used him as a pass protector. He wasn't out there running routes. Um, you know, it was the way that I think fans wanted to see him used. And he was a battering ramp like he always is. Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with you, and I think that we'll see more of Ricard in this coming game, just like you said, helping out mm-hmm. McCarry and you know helping out the offensive line as a whole. Uh, so it'll be interesting. I mean, yeah, that narrative got put to bed very quickly, but um, I'm also, I mean, Glenn and, and Cole, both of you guys, and DK as well, how stoked are you guys about the, the potential of Mark Andrews coming back? How frustrating was it? I mean, it seems that Lamar has a trust issue with likely, in my opinion. I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe it's just me, but he's not super excited about throwing him the football. Like it doesn't like Zay obviously is excited about it. OBJ obviously trusts him. Right? Like those things are pretty apparent to me. But and even Bateman, like when he was scrambling and you know he found Bateman, he was able to to dish that ball to him, but he didn't seem too excited about throwing the ball to Isaiah likely. Now he's very excited about throwing the ball to Mark Andrews. I think that's going to make a big difference in this game coming up. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see Mark back there, out there on the field. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I knew you had an early beat on him, Cole. Is he playing this week? Sounds like it, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident he'll be out there. And I'm pretty sure he could have played last week, but they decided it's, it's Houston. Let's And they remember, they have three AFC North Road games in a row, so that had mm-hmm. to factor into their decision-making. These are going to be physical football games. And, I mean, that's the difference with Andrews. He's – the safety blanket he's mm-hmm. you know when when shit hits the fan like it was in the first half um who does he look to it's it's 89 and that's what i think he's gonna need when he has to throw hot when he has to throw um into the blitz he's gonna look inside to 89 yeah yeah now i i, I want to switch the other side jimbo we talk yeah, a lot yeah. of offense rocky sin played eight snaps <laughs> cole he played i mean what and and jimmy's guy Brandon Stevens, who was laying the wood out there, played 100% of the snaps. So what does this tell you about Rocky Sin? that even despite the fact that Darby just got here, he's kind of pretty fresh off the ACL, and there's no Marlon Humphrey, and yet Rocky Sin plays 10% of the defensive snaps? He missed quite a bit of time in training camp. I'm wondering if that had a big impact. You know, I don't know if he's fully recovered. I don't know um, – you know, if they felt he missed too much time learning the system, um, whereas you did have Stevens. And then again, Darby kind of came in kind of late. And so yeah. it, it, it was very surprising, that's for sure. I expected Yasin to 100% be a starter. Um, and I think he fits Mike McDonald's defense really well. Um, whereas, you know, I, I, I'd have to check on the injury because I I, that must have played a factor. Um, but at the same time, I'm pretty sure he practiced in full all last week. It was just Andrews and... Uh, yeah. And, and Marlon. So it, it is, it is very weird, but it, I know that sometimes when guys miss training camp, um, it can be really tough for them to kind of integrate back into the system. Stevens is just that guy that 
he's like the teacher's pet. Like, and I don't mean that necessarily negative. Coaches love this guy. And, you know, he does go out there and he's, like I said, he's the closest to making a play I've ever seen without making the actual play. <laughs> He'll make that, it one day. Murphy's Law. It's it's that one play where he came in for the swap oh. sideline. And I'm like, I mean, yeah. of course it's 21. Like, what? Like, it's every I single know. time. I know. Um, it, it, it's tough to watch. And that's coming from someone who has coached. And when you have a kid that's out there playing as hard as he does and like you said, like he lays the wood and he got run, he ran up in the alley a few times um, and really laid it. And so, um, you know, that's one thing that I think frustrates coaches because, you know, if you're dealing with a guy that, you know, just can't cover someone and they're, you know, the ball is being caught and they're five yards away. It's kind of like, all right, well, you know, there's not a whole lot we can do there. Right. Stevens is frustrating because he is there. He's sticky in coverage. He just, doesn't have his head around to the ball or his swap misses the ball. There was that, he had, a, he gave up a touchdown early last year and he came across the, uh, the, the receiver like that. And like his hand just missed the ball and he caught it for a touchdown. I'm like in the perfect position, couldn't have better coverage, mm-hmm. you know, good aggressive physical move, but doesn't hit the ball. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's tough. It is very, very tough. Yeah, well, he'll, he'll. I think he'll keep improving. I'm excited to watch. Uh, DK's gonna have to start rolling the tape. I tell you what, DK's gonna have to start. DK, you're gonna have to start pulling up some tape, dude. Because when I get these takes right, you gotta roll them, man. You gotta roll <laughs> these tuckers. Because I said it, Glenn. I said clip he's it, clip it. Third most. Yeah, yeah, he did. And like Cole said, I think a lot of people are expecting him now to do a do a little more at safety, not just at yeah. corner, especially when yeah, Marlon's back. Helps. I mean, and the tackling. I mean, my goodness, this yep. guy can certainly come up and 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 help around the line of scrimmage. Uh, now, we also learned a little bit about the pass rush. That's another group where we yeah. really wanted to learn a lot about. I think uh, it looks like those guys might have gotten some confidence out of this one, Cole. And that might be the biggest part of coming out of this game is Ojabo looked confident. Owe looked confident. And, and, you know, sometimes that's all it takes. Oh, 100%. So I had a Clowny video that just came out tonight. I got No Way video coming out tomorrow. Um, I did some Ojabo clips this morning on my Twitter. Um, so I kind of dove into them this morning, so it's fresh in my mind. This is a group where they had zero sacks. Uh, well, Ojabo had the strip sack, mm-hmm. uh, but Clowny and Oway had zero sacks. But they combined oh, for 12 Glenn. pressures. Yeah. <laughs> they combined for 12 pressures between the two of them. And so, you know, I know that people – feel pressure's great and all that, but we need to convert sacks. And I, I agree with you, but there's a ton of value in bringing consistent pressure. And I think what I want people to think of and put it in the context of is how Mike McDonald runs his defense. And I say that because you will see a ton of Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith, Kyle Hamilton sniffing around the line of scrimmage. And what they're doing is they're creating six, seven man simulated pressures and then they're dropping two of them into coverage. There was a play where Clowney had a quarterback hit, um, and they had – it was Patrick Queen and Owe on the right side of the O-line, and then they had four guys on the left, Clowney being the most outside. They dropped the both guys on the right side, so the left guard and left tackle had nobody to block, and then they had the four guys attack the other three men of the offensive line. Clowney runs free, and that's the beauty of Mike McDonald's system. And so guys like Clowney and Owe – and even Ojabo, who can get up the field quick 
and you know close on a guy and we saw it twice Clowney missed tackles on should be sacks and so sure he missed the tackle not saying that's not okay like that's not good we want to see him make those but the fact that he was getting to the quarterback and putting himself in a position to make those plays I feel pretty confident that Jadavion Clowney's not going to keep missing tackles so mm-hmm. um that's something that I think is going to come uh, and I think Clowney's going to start to be able to get some sacks. I think always going to be able to get some sacks, always using his hands way better than he has. And I think it's shown the impact of Chuck Smith, Dr. Rush, um, the new outside linebacker coach. He has a pass rush plan. He was, you know, hitting Laramie Tunsil, a top five left tackle with under rips and dip rips and, you know, all sorts of pass rush moves. So, you know, once he's going against Orlando Brown Jr., who should be a right tackle, folks. Um, you know, yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot tougher for him than like Tunsil was able to recover well. I don't know if Orlando Brown Jr. is gonna be able to do that. He's yeah. he's certainly not as fast as and a man, Vike looked good too, didn't he? I mean, how I fast did he look tracking him down? Holy smoke. That man's in a contract year, and you know how that goes in Baltimore. He's probably gonna finish <laughs> with 13 sacks. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, but I, I, I so I'm glad you brought that up because we talked about this in the post game, right, Glenn? Like a job or a Adafe didn't register a sack, but he was so active in this mm-hmm. game. So active and so disruptive. I think it's fair to say that even though Jabba had the highlight. I think Adafe was probably more disruptive throughout the entirety of the game. Uh, while Ajabo, of course, had the strip sack, and that, that was a play we needed, and, and, and that counts as well. That's not to be dismissed. But, man, who thought Clowney was going to get off? I mean, look, he is Jadavian Clowney. But honestly, who thought he was going to get up oh. off the couch, put the Pringles down, and be like, all right, coach, let's do this, right? Because, like, that's yeah. basically what he did. I mean, it's got to be all the other stuff. Number twenty-four. Oh, I know the number. The number is garbage. But, but but I mean, seriously, it has to be reputation and the fact that he. I mean, let's be honest. He basically quit on the on the Browns last year. But it's just amazing to me that this guy was just sitting out there for the the value that they got him with and how much he brought week one. I mean, it's just incredible that, that that signing. As long as they can keep him motivated and you know keep him happy. It seems like uh, this is going to be an absolute you steal. Can, you can tell why he was the number one overall pick if you didn't remember, because no training camp, no nothing. The dude mm-hmm. just wakes up like this. I woke up like he's like Beyonce. I woke up like this. Right. It's like I mean, literally, what right? He does. He, he flips the locks back, puts him in the rubber band on the helmet, and he's like, dude, let's roll. But he's he's going to be doing the same thing when he's 40. Like he's that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, he's, he's certainly uh, a freak. Dude. But hey, uh, last question from me, Cole. How good is Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen as a tandem? I mean, holy oh, smokes. They're fun, man. They're just flying all over the field. It was uh it that was that was special to see them kind of come out in week one and, and be able to do that. Seeing them both and like I said, it's the way that they fit and what Mike McDonald wants to do, which I think elevates them. And you know, there was still some lapses in coverage, and I think you just gotta remember when they're playing zone coverage receivers always attack middle linebackers in the, in the middle of the field. That's just how it goes. Um, so, but overall, super impressed. The speed, the tenacity, um, seeing them both make plays on fourth down, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Roquan getting a sack and then, you know, getting that fourth down stuff. Patrick Queen with the sack. Um, just, again, guys that fit what he wants to do, and they're just going to continue to get better. Yeah, man, I'm I'm super excited to see what my, my follow-up question, and this last one as well for me, uh, Cole. I was gonna ask you a follow-up to that actually. Defensively, 
what is when you have those because I feel like that position people will call it like the running back of the defense in that like they're relatively undervalued. Now the Ravens, I don't see them undervaluing that position. Obviously, we have the highest paid guy in the league at that position. Uh, but my question is, when you have guys that are that good playing in tandem together, how much does that facilitate the rest of that defense? Like, what does that allow them to do? You know, because I see it as a as an as a way to cover up some gaps. Yeah, I think the big thing is um, they can be a little bit more versatile with how they use their safeties, for example. So you saw Kyle Hamilton stepping up to the line of scrimmage and blitzing more than you'd expect. And I think that's because they trust their speed um, to whether that's running and chasing and uh, flat coverage against running backs out in the open field. You're going to trust a guy like Roquan or a guy like Patrick Queen more than some of the more I don't want to say old school, but I'll call them old school linebackers, like a CJ Mosley type middle linebacker, guys that just are more thumpers in the middle of the field, guys that'll pull back um, in the in you know up in the line of scrimmage, but not necessarily guys you want in space. I think that's the biggest difference. Um, but for me, it's always really about how the D line pit plays off the linebackers, and I think the way the Ravens have built this defensive line with you know big noses and Travis Jones and Michael Pierce, Michael Pierce at the most underrated no one's talking about it he, mm-hmm. and i think he needs to be highlighted he had one hell of a game he's out there six foot 355 pounds swimming dudes it was thing of beauty I Cole, let me tell you what he ain't six foot i saw him at cheesecake factory nope not a five chance ten? was he five ten maybe with the shoes on yeah Boy, he's he's a it's <laughs> and he's out there just making pass finesse pass rush moves yeah uh, it was it was a thing of beauty, but I think that what Travis they've done is... him in white pants, dude. All that jiggle, dude. My <laughs> gosh, oh, mate. Come on, bro. <laughs> Sorry to cut, cut you off, Cole. No, no, it's all good. The way they've kind of built bigger physical, uh, a bigger physical defensive line, um, Matabike is kind of the exception. I, I'd say Brody is a lot more like Pierce and Jones, you know, big physical guys. Um, and just the way they can create. If you guys remember when the Ravens signed Hello Day Nada, it was because Ray Lewis said, go get me a defensive tackle to take some pressure off me. And I think that's really what those big guys up front are able to do. The way Travis Jones, the way Michael Pierce, Broderick Washington eat double teams, it creates lanes for Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith to use their speed. And it's really the way that front seven meshes together that I think is going to be a really good, uh, thing to come for this run defense, especially, you know, we got the Browns in a couple of weeks. Nick Chubb looked great the other day. I think that's going to be a huge matchup and just the way they match up a good offensive line and, and are able to eat some of those guys to create space for Roquan and uh, Queen to step up and make tackles. Mm, love it. Yeah, certainly yeah. a lot to be excited about uh, here in Baltimore, even with the disappointing injuries that came in week one. Cole, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Why don't you let everybody know where they can find all that yeah, you're working on? Absolutely. And thanks again for having me, guys. I love doing this. Uh, so at Cole Jackson FB over on Twitter, you guys can find uh, all sorts of film clips and then uh, the Road Graders YouTube channel. I'm just trying to put out as much content as possible, focusing on playing the trenches because I think it's an underserved market. So getting the big sloppies, their spotlight. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we appreciate it. Absolutely. You guys go check out all his stuff. Yes. And Open Cole, invitation, look for- Cole. Anytime. Absolutely. Look forward to having you on uh, shortly. Have a good one, man. Awesome. Thanks, fellas. All yep. right. Thanks, cool. Cool. So, I mean, look, there's a lot of good. I mean, that that's what I think people around Baltimore weren't saying enough is, is all the good that came out of this game. Yeah, it's disappointing when you see guys go down. But, 
you know, let's look around the, uh, just look around our division. I mean, everyone had injuries that were big time names. I mean, just look at the Steelers got their doors blown off and then lost Deontay Johnson and Cam Hayward. I mean, that, uh, that, and they got their doors. So at least the Ravens dominant win. All right. And look, the injuries aren't great, but the good news is Stanley and Linderbaum aren't season enders. And I think they can absorb the other two. Yeah, and let me also put this in perspective. I think I mentioned this earlier today. I think the reason Baltimore Ravens fans are a bit bummed is because the anticipation about how we would win football games, right? Yeah. About how we would spread it out and chuck the football around. Lamar would throw for 6,000 yards, all these things, right? We won much differently, but let's remember that last year we struggled in the red zone. And what was everyone beating their heads about, Glenn? Why aren't we running the football in the red zone, right? Mm -hmm. We have the best rushing attack in NFL and NFL history, the best rushing quarterback in NFL history. Why aren't we running the ball? And guess what we did? We scored three tutties by rushing the football in the red zone. So ultimately, like, number one, we scored in the red zone. Number two, the fact that we rushed it, knowing that Munkin is going to continue to ramp up this passing game, is crucial because what it leads to is us being a more versatile football team, offensively speaking, right? So I think that's important to remember that just because it didn't manifest itself in the way that we were all excited about, trust me, Glenn, I know you and I were just as excited as everyone else to see Lamar throw that thing out there and like, yeah. you, know, you know, see OBJ and, and Zay obviously did his thing, but just to see, you know, but I don't think Lamar's ever going to be a 50, you know, 50 throws, 45 throws. I don't know if that's what we want. And I don't know if that's getting the most out of Lamar. Now, one thing I yeah. will say, Glenn, that I hope they do is I hope we get more opportunities to push it down the field. Like that ball right. to, to OBJ was fun. Dude. I hope we get more of those. You know what yeah. I mean? Because even, you know, Lamar in spurts under Greg Roman's offense, dude, when you push the ball in the field, it looks nice. Mm-hmm. And I hope we, so I hope we see a little bit more of that. But ultimately, like the scoreboard is the scoreboard. Like who cares how we get in the red zone? Let's just get in the red zone. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and to your point, the big play, I want to see more attempts. I, I mean, if you see single coverage with a guy like OBJ on the outside or Bateman on the outside, throw it up. Give him a chance because I got to imagine that they're going to do everything they can to at least make sure it's not an interception. And even an incomplete deep ball lets the off or the defensive coordinator know that we're willing to do that, so you better cover that. And, and if you never show them that, then – a DC is never going to be nervous that you're going to do it. So I think, yeah, I love to see completions, but I want to see more attempts, period, whether they're complete or incomplete, especially if you get singled up on the outside with really any of our guys. I'll put Zay in that category, even though you know he's on the smaller side. Uh, but I don't know. I, I wish we would have had, had time to ask Cole. I didn't want to keep him too, too much longer. Uh, sure. But we didn't even touch on Zay Flout. Pause. We didn't even touch on the game that Zay Flowers had. Uh, James Lee Wiley says the injuries didn't bother me as much as the Lamar turnovers when he was pressured. But to James's point, it's so hard to even know. I think when they went into this game, Jimbo, they went in with the game plan of we got a pretty damn good offensive line. And I think we can, we can scheme some plays that maybe take a little longer, maybe our five step drop and ask Lamar to hold the ball a little more and ask for it to develop. And I think what they found out was this offensive line was not ready to give him that kind of time. And so I'm hopeful with a week that they'll have a, a more a game plan that's more suited to get the ball out of his hands quicker. And I think that would help James, uh, to James Lee Wiley's point, it'll help uh, when Lamar just be pressured less often, you know? Yeah, I, 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 uh, I have to agree with you there. I think that 
just getting the ball. And Lamar's talked about this. That's the thing, is that Munkin needs to find a way to get with Lamar, to get on the same wavelength, to say, recognize the pressure. Where's the e- Where's the hot? Where's the easy out? Where's the, the easy pass? What can we do with the football just to, to improve this? There's no way it continues to be this way. Because I think that when John talked to Munkin, he said, we need two things. We need to improve under pressure because there was multiple times that, I mean, the Miami game comes to mind, but there's other teams that are doing the same thing and we need to improve in the red zone. Like forget all the schemes and all the the change and all this. Those are the two areas we really need to improve upon. And so if we can do that, um, I obviously I think we'll be a much improved offense. So yeah, we need to figure that out for sure. I mean, the statistics Mm -hmm. were pretty ugly with Lamar under pressure, but let's get the, just like you said, Glenn, let's get the ball out early. Now this is my only question. How much of that is Monk and drawing it up? And how much of that is, like we've talked about, Lamar's want to always make the home run. You know what I mean? Because some of that burden falls on Munkin. Some of that falls mm-hmm. on Lamar. And obviously, even some of it falls on the guy's ability to get open quickly. But I think we have guys that can do that at this point. Um, but I wonder how much of that is scheme. How much of that is Lamar being like, all right, if I can get a nanosecond more of this thing, or if I can, you know, juke one guy and get this sucker downfield, I know it's a home run. Um, I, you know, that's my only concern is that we continue to see that. Yeah. Well, I think if he gets the time, I'm confident Lamar knows what to do with it. But yeah. if, if you can't give him the time, because to Cole's point, it's a tough matchup for our offensive line to go up against these Bengals. If you can't give him that time, then you got to find a way to get the ball out of his hands quicker. And I know Pat Ricard, like you said, is going to be a big, big part of this, uh, this upcoming week, helping out those guys, especially at left tackle and at center. Yeah. But what other thing they got to do to help these guys out, Jimbo? 13 penalties, over 100 lost yards due to penalty. I believe I heard the stat. This is like our fourth most penalties in the history of the franchise. I mean, is it something like you you think some of this was just, you know, the the refs were kind of flag happy? Do you think it was some first game rust or or, or like what can they do? Because it's like. Yeah, yeah, it's at the it's at the feet of the coaches, but the coaches weren't out there holding guys. The coaches weren't out there having procedural issues. Yeah. Like, how do they fix that? Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to and the injuries and this I'll pair together. Like, this is the manifestation of no preseason football for the starters because every team has gone all the way that way, right? Not every ninety percent teams have gone all the way that way, and what does that show up as injuries and this is just me talking, right? Like I'm not a doctor, right? You know what I mean? Obviously there's, there's some statistics behind this, but you know, there's also anyway, there's statistics to favor anything, right? Like that's just the way that it goes. My point is that what I'm noticing, just me talking here, right? Consider it, take it for what you want is injuries. And then the, the penalties is, is certainly, I think a solid, uh, correlation between lack of time and then, you know, your first game is really a, 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 a preseason game, man. So I think mm-hmm. I'm not crazy concerned about it now. I think they just need to, all right, we got the first game under our belts. Let's, let's move forward. And, and so I think it's just about getting it, getting it, getting the jitters out, getting it in. And because we got vets up there, right? Zeitler's a vet, Moses is a vet, even McCarry's a vet, right? Like, and Simpson's yeah. a vet. We've got guys, it's not like we got all young guys. Linderbaum's the youngest guy, but, um, yeah, I think that uh, I expect that number to go down without changing anything except the fact it's game two. Yeah, and, and and hopefully you're right because they have a huge, huge opportunity here, Jimbo. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they can go on the road, not only win a division game, but win a game against a team that most are picking to at least win the division, but some are picking them to challenge the Chiefs and others 
for coming out of the whole AFC. I mean, if they can put these guys down in an 0-2 hole, including losing their home opener, man, that would be big, big time. And that offensive line over in, in Cincinnati certainly struggled to keep Burrow afloat. They couldn't open up any holes in the run game. So this is a this is certainly a big opportunity. But one, I think the Ravens cannot wait. Yeah, I think they're ready for it, man. I, I honestly, I know that everybody's saying, well, the Bengals, man, they're going to be they're going to be uh, stirred up, ready to play. They can't go 0-2. They they came off an embarrassing. Okay, sometimes it just is what it is, and you are who you are. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the two games last year, the Ravens did a real real nice job of figuring out that offensive scheme and said, you know what, we're going to take away the big play and we're going to make you beat us with nickel and dime. And Burrow just doesn't feel comfortable operating like that. So I'm going to come into this game very confident, even if Marlon Humphrey's not in the back end to help cover these these talented wideouts. I think think we're going to have something for him this weekend, Jimbo. Yes, sir. Cannot wait to see how it goes down. Um, I think that's it for us tonight. Yeah, I think so. But look, oh crap! DK's be... oh. reminding me. Yes, yeah. we got to keep the lights on. Got to talk about BetUS. Only Man, the best sponsor and partner we've had in a long time. That's right. Yeah, let's talk about BetUS, ladies and gentlemen. First of all, I will challenge you to find a better deal as far as getting a hundred twenty-five percent match on your initial deposit up to twenty-five hundred dollars. BetUS puts their money where their mouth is. They're the OGs in the game. They have the most diversified portfolio of bets. Bet on prop bets, pregame bets, in-game bets, season-long bets. Make yourself some money. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 not rocket science. Bet responsibly. But I tell you what, go out there, have some fun, make some dollars, and uh, and and use the link. It's in it's in the description, and it's an easy way to support the show. That's the way I see it. Yeah, I think uh, this this weekend is an opportunity because I think the line is three and a half in favor. Is it Cincinnati's way? If yeah, I remember I think so. correctly, I think they're favored yep. by three and a half. I would. Hey. I, I'm on it. You give yep. me three and a half. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Come on, mm-hmm. I'll take that half. I'll give me that extra half. Uh, but go with what you know. Is like I always say, don't trust the 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 national. No, go with what you know. And if what you know is the Ravens, then stick to that. You got plenty mm-hmm. of prop bets. Plenty of you know, individual player bets. Uh, you can really go wild. But yeah, absolutely check out BetUS. OGs yes. in the business. That's right. And I got to mention one more thing. Of course, if you guys aren't current pa- uh, patrons, check out our Patreon. Uh, go ahead and, and and check out. DK does a great job in season of writing weekly articles. Uh, so make sure to check them out. The, they the, drop one today, Jimbo. That's right. And it's it's really great stuff. So you guys are loving the content. Check out the Patreon. It's it's a dollar a month to get access to the articles. And then we have additional stuff. So go check it out um, and give a shout out to DK. Of course, he does a great job uh, for us. So uh, make sure to give it a look-see. Absolutely. That's, that's it for today, us folks. tonight. That's right. But we'll be back on Friday, not Friday. Thursday. That's right, not Friday. Thursday. We don't want to interrupt and compete with the Thursday night game. So we're going to yeah. be back Friday. Uh, likely we'll have a, a, our guys from over at Cincy Jungle uh, mm-hmm. joining us to, to kind of help set this game up. This is a big game for both sides. So, um, yeah, get ready. It's going to turn around quick, and we'll see you on Friday. See you. Ta-da!